We're going to start with a song by local artist Alice Gerard. This is Strange Land. Strategery went behind the music with a hard road because there's some people that did a lot of work to get us in this, this space, and thank you for that. Before we comment further on this, um, the kids are going to lead us in a 
community liturgy tonight. I think we are going to have the bold face done by selected kids. Is that right, Elizabeth? And then we are going to speak the, the non-boldface stuff or all together at the very end. So let's uh, follow the lead of our kids. Bring along a sense of ecstasy, a vision of high hopes, a glimpse of future possibility, a vivid imagination. They're called to move toward a future unnamed. Let us travel in the spirit of faith and expectation for the God of our hopes and dreams. Thank you guys. That was fantastic. I think we are, we're going to do something. Listen to what you said. We're doing things a little different today. The kids are going to be with us, right? Preschool kids are going upstairs with Ms. Roby. Okay. Kids six and up are staying here. Okay. So preschool with Miss Roby and older staying in the space here. So thank you guys for leading that part of our liturgy. It's always important for us to have you lead with us. So let me say it again. Welcome to Emmaus Way. And thank you. I know that a lot of, uh, I think this is the product of two weeks of labor. I have not been here this week. And so walking into the space was pretty stark for me in a fantastic way. The colors on the walls have changed. The scents in the room have changed. Uh, all of those things. So thank you for everyone who kind of envisioned this. One of the most difficult things, and I guess this is move number four for us. And every move that we've done has been challenging to imagine our community in the new space, either because of the, the breadth of size, smallness, being downtown, above a cafe, all of those things. We, we looked at kind of a space that wasn't an Emmaus Way space at that moment and had to imagine what it would be like for us to do our, our worship and our gathering here. So thank you to everyone who not just did physical labor to get us here, but for everyone who uh, did the imaginative work of kind of making this happen. And I'm sure that we will be figuring out, Mark, I think it's safe to say, this is the first time you've played music in this room. So there'll be lots of dialing in those things, but thank you for Ben and Molly and others for really leading us in this, uh, this effort. Uh, just a couple quick announcements, uh, but let me ask, I'll ask you as well, I'll be thinking if you have any. I do know of a significant Durham Can announcement coming up. Uh, Durham Can is starting a really significant electoral season for our life together. We always hold a major pre-election gathering, but there are two things coming up uh, pronto that, uh, that Tim and others of us that are involved in this would love to have you a part of is not this Thursday, but next Thursday at Judea Reform is a, a delegates Metro Council. And I think our pledge, Tim, was five 
five Emmaus Wayers. They would like to have five of us. The primary institutions are sending delegates to kind of plan our election and annual agenda. So that's six to eight, Judea Reform on Cornwallis Road over kind of just south of Duke University. Um, and if you're able to come or would like to come, please tell Tim or me, and we'll, that will help us kind of keep our headcount for that. In addition to that, we're going to be asking for some delegates to meet with all the mayoral candidates on uh, September 5th, which is, I think, also like a, a 6 to 8 o'clock stint. It'll be an hour with each candidate. Uh, so if you're interested in being a part of that conversation, please come and join us. And the same thing, tell, tell Tim or me if you're interested in those things. So those are the next kind of Durham can things. Building stuff. Let's do a couple quick things related to the building. Uh, have folks found bathrooms yet? There are bathrooms upstairs, straight up the stairs. You've seen the playground out the door here. There are also bathrooms back here and in this corner as well. A warning, uh, the, the lock to this bathroom seems to be utterly broken. So if you're like, a, if you're like a, I don't need locks for my bathrooms, then this is like your spot right over there. Otherwise, you, you may go for the other three in the room, uh, in, the, in the space. But again, and I, actually I would say that as well. Uh, we, we are here kind of looking as well. This is really the first time many of you have been in the space. It's the first time we've done what we do in our, the space. And so we'll probably see things over tonight, in the next week or two, that we'll want to kind of respond to. So if you see them, feel free to grab us and uh, staff or lead team or otherwise and just get us kind of tuned in to how we live in this space. Any other announcements? If you're new to this way, you want to know more. Our, like, what was in the foyer information we're offering when Dave Tyson mad at us for any any reason whatsoever. Molly and I are pastors, the rest of the staff here. We always welcome, if you're new, uh, if you want to grab us at any point in time and just have a conversation, coffee, whatever, it, we, we enjoy that a great deal. We love, kind of part of life in Emmaus Way often begins with hearing each other's stories. And so we enjoy doing that. Mark, thank you for all the work that you've done to kind of prepare our, our worship time tonight. And we will have Mark come and lead us in songs of, of preparation. And tonight, I think uh, what to expect is there'll be a, a litany of kind of moving about the space. So at the end of our worship time today, hopefully you'll have a much better familiarity of who we are trying to be here. So thank you, Mark. I don't know if this was said or not. I was holding sore and I may have missed this, but really Molly and Ben deserve so much uh, thanks and credit for everything they did this week and last week, but both of these weeks to to get this space ready and so much to do with painting and preparing offices and all kinds of stuff. So thank you to you two both for everything. There's a river of love 
Some folks see things not everybody can see Once in a while they pass the secret along to you and me And I believe in miracles Something sacred burning in every bush and tree 
song has been in my mind this week as I've been watching. I don't know if you guys have watched that Vice News thing on Charlottesville. Tim sent it to me, but it's been on my mind this week, and this song has come up for me a few times. Patrol chapters coming up over it. Hot soup on a campfire under the bridge. 
Shuts a light stretching around the corner Welcome to the new world Family sleeping in the cars out in the southwest Oh, no job, no peace, no land The highway is alive tonight Nobody's kidding nobody about where it goes I'm sitting down here in the campfire light Searching for the ghost of Tom Jones There's a prayer book out of his sleeping night Preacher lights up a button and takes a Last shall be first and the first shall be last In the cardboard box leave the underpants Got the one-way ticket to the promised land With a hole in your belly and a gun in your hand Sniffing on a pillow solid rock Hidden in the city, I could Highway is alive tonight Where it's headed, everybody knows Sitting down here in the campfire light Waiting on the ghost of Tom Blood and hatred in the air Look for me, my, I will be there yeah, There's somebody fighting for their place to stand For a decent job or a helping hand yeah, There's somebody struggling to be free In their eyes, my see The highway is alive tonight Nobody's kidding nobody about where it goes I'm sitting down here in the campfire light With the ghost of old time With the ghost of old Tom Jones With the ghost of old Tom Jones Thank you, Mark, Tim, Dale. It's good to have old 
musical friends with us. Not, I, I, I paused too long after old. I'm sorry, Dale. I saw you grimace. Old musical friends with us. Long standing. Musicians of stature. Long standing. But seriously, yeah, to, to greet, to bring us into this new space. And I was thinking, like, with these songs that Mark totally picked, I had nothing to do with. But yeah, I think you could tell the story of the UA in these three songs. I think um, the fact that there's a river of love that runs through all time, that that river does not wash away or eliminate grief, tears, night, failure, pain, but that we join each other in that story and that as a community we've tried to gather around each other in love and to join some larger river that's going somewhere, that we're gathered around Christian belief, but that we gather around that in community because some folks see things not everybody can see. And once in a while they pass the secret along to you and me, and that we do this in practice, because every day on earth is another chance to get it right and let our little lights shine and rage against the night. And, and what's all the point of doing that? And I think in this transition to a new space and place and a lot of our conversation recently, we would say, like, there are some things inviting us outward. Wherever we gather ourselves once a week for a few hours, the love and hope and um, imagination of this community as people captivated by the gospel needs to be drawn outward to highways, streets, to places where there are cops beating guys, uh, places where a fight against blood and hatred is very much in evidence and where we're needed and where the gospel is needed and that we don't go out to just fix those things, but we go out to learn from those things, to learn from the Tom Jodes that gather underneath the bridge and bring that back here into our community life. So that's my ability to narrate how we got here in three songs. But I think that it's good for us as we enter in this new space to, yeah, to think of those narratives that have brought us here and to think anew, as we've talked about in recent weeks, about what our community can be. And we want to do some thinking tonight just in, in this particular space, um, thinking outward in, a, in terms of vision of our community and how we can be engaged in our broader community in Durham and the Triangle, but, but centering that in this particular space tonight, as we have in several spaces, but I recognize for many of us, reality was the only Emmaus Way space that we'd ever known. Raise your hand if that's the case. Yeah, so it's most of us at this point. We were there a good long time. So, um, just to sort of guide us through that tonight, we thought this would be a good opportunity to pray over the space, invite you into it if you haven't had a chance to look through it, um, sort of introduce it to us, bless it together. Um, So we have a sort of liturgical sort of prayer litany that we're going through, and then come back here and maybe have some time for sort of more impromptu prayers or reflections about, yeah, what you're thinking and feeling on this move into new space. So to do that together, there's two or three things in in each sort of section. We're gonna start here, we're gonna go up to the kids' space, out into the garden, back to our entrance back here, basically make a big circle and then come back here. If, please, as we always do, if, if folks would just pipe up and volunteer to read these texts, sort of maybe split them up among different people. Uh, and so we're gathering all of our voices around this. But yeah, I'll start us here and then as the next space, and I'll, I'll give us like pedantic instructions on how to get to the next place, right? So after we leave here, we're gonna go up the stairs to your right and then get upstairs to this hallway and basically go all the way down to the end of that hallway and we'll gather again, okay? But to start us here, I have this quote from Barbara Brown Taylor. Oh, also, 
take your bulletin with you. Otherwise, right, you'll be, you'll be up a creek. Or I will, or something. Anyway, I learned to prize holy ignorance more highly than religious certainty and to seek companions who have arrived at the same place. I began to trust the questions themselves to lead me beyond answers to understanding, beyond practice to faith. We give thanks for this sacred place where we gather together weekly. Help us be open to your spirit and attentive, attentive to how texts, songs, dialogue, gospel encounters, and communion that we share might shape and change us in surprising ways. Okay, so we're going to head out there, up the stairs, and all the way down the hall. So welcome back to where we started. Um, I hope that that felt like a good way to introduce ourselves to the space and just sort of name some of the ways that we hope our community will grow and continue to identify itself as we center ourselves here on Sunday evenings. I think we have about like uh, 20 minutes or so, 15, 20 minutes to sort of open to the community. I would open this as a space of prayer and reflection. Um, certainly a good time to sit silently and think as well. But yeah, I wanted to open this as we always do in dialogue um, to things you're thinking uh, walking through the space or things you were thinking coming here tonight. Reflections back on longer histories of Mace Way for those of you that have access to those in your memory. Uh, but yeah, we just open this as a space of intentional prayer, reflection, and yeah, speaking into this community in terms of hope and expectation for what we have ahead. So yeah, these actually two quotes are really a good, I, I thought Molly came up with one of these and suggested the other one. And I think both of them are extremely powerful invitations to what we could be, both in this space and outside of it. From Amy Butler, Riverside Church in NYC. I don't need to perpetuate this institution, the church, anymore. If we hold it loosely, then we have the courage to live into what the gospel is calling us to do and be. Who knows what could happen? This is God's work. God's up to something. And the choice that the church has is, do you want to be part of it? And from Marsha Owen, who said this to me a few weeks ago, and it has rarely left my mind since, what would we do if we were not afraid? So... With those as invitation or other things on your mind, now I will open the space and sit down. Um, so I guess I'm just want to start with Calvary Nuncia has done as it perhaps 
most of its congregation ages. Instead of panicking about that, what they have done is been super generous with what they have. And I'm, I just find that so compelling. I find it so compelling that what they're doing is reaching out to young people, reaching out to groups who are marginalized, and yielding their space and saying, well, these are my five loaves and my two fishes. This is what I've got. And it just seems really inspiring. I feel really grateful, particularly to them, not just for welcoming us here, but for the model that that is, for what it means to take whatever we have and bless others with it. Uh, it's just a powerful witness. And so, yeah, I just feel really grateful. The thing that struck me walking around was just how great the kids' space is. And, you know, our last four or five outreach spaces was we haven't really had like kids space for kids that, that really works well and, and it's just always been a thing that hasn't fit and here it just feels really sustainable feels great uh, you know I think the last place we had one of the activities was the kids would run the hallway in the middle of the <laughs> upstairs so it's really nice to have space outside and run around um, I'm just really thankful for that
I would just like to say that the burden was heavily shouldered by Laura, in my opinion, <laughs> when me and the space team. And um, I felt like more of an, almost more of an observer than anything. And so really grateful for her leadership and uh, the space team's leadership in this. So this week has, I'm sure, has been really tough for a lot of us, whether it's a and potential scare um, of people coming armed and down on Durham. And I have been a part of a lot of conversations and just trying to listen and learn. And um, I was a part of a really uh, racially diverse conversation on Thursday night with a community that um, primarily was Jesus-focused in a racial reconciliation context. And, I, similar to Christina, I just love feeling so grateful to be a part of the community. I, I texted Molly and I was like, I love your leadership. Um, just I was surprised as to how many uh, spiritual communities don't make space for conversations around race and around um, racial dynamics and how um, I mean, we're not very, you know, <laughs> racially diverse here, but, but all of us have that desire and all of us are. Um, you know, I feel like we've been really open to conversations about what's going on in our community, and that's just not a part of most spiritual communities that I, I've been hearing. Um, so I feel really grateful to know that, like, as someone who very adamantly believes in, uh, you know, social justice and racial reconciliation, that that's not an uphill battle in this community. That that's something that's embraced and encouraged and a part of our conversation. And um, I think as we alongside of our brothers and sisters who are darker, just knowing that this is the safe space that they can come to and we can um, engage in those conversations and not have to be like fighting every step along the way. Um, it's really beautiful. So I appreciate that. I um, appreciate it that Molly and others who chose the prayers tonight were so indicative of a I think a theological, both a trajectory where we're doing it and an aspiration where we want to and are failing at it, but uh, that's been a big part of our life together. And I think for many uh, of us that are have been in ministry a long time, uh, Jurgen Moltmann had, had written some things that was a real paradigm shift for the way that ministry is carried out in a lot of spaces. That the media, uh, the Christendom is filled with triumphant ministry and it's filled with people who know exactly what God's doing and just trying to encourage other people to step into their certainty and in their vision for that and uh, hearing Moltmann wrote in several places and you've heard it kind of in our welcome uh, words for years but this idea that God is always up to something and, and that that up to somethingness is, is invitational it's it, we're invited into God's agenda um, and, and, and that's the exciting part is the, the listening, the praying, the struggling, the dialoguing, whatever we do to figure out what that agenda is. And then the invitation is not, um, it's not trivial, it's not ceremonial, it's not sentimental, it's, it's truly collaborative. That's been a big part of our life here is the idea that what God is doing and God is always doing, it's collaborative, it depends on us. And so, I, for me, just watching the space of all over the last three or four months and people's hard labor and imagination of that, 
it, it just reminds me that we're we're kind of in that Marsha Owen space. I mean, when she says, what would we do if we weren't afraid? And I think we gather every week to kind of throw our fears in the middle and, and slosh those around. But what would we do? And there seems to be so many kind of spaces and possibilities for invitation. The one that strikes me most, and there might be lots of others, but the one that strikes me most is in our four this is our fourth, so in our pre three previous locations, we weren't ever truly in a neighborhood. Um, I mean, we were downtown when no one was downtown. Uh, we were in, you know, uh, uh, 9th Street as it was kind of refining itself as a college and becoming an upscale space. And certainly in Brightleaf, we were in the neighborhood could have been the pubs, the restaurants that were emblematic of Durham's growth. Uh, but here we're truly in a neighborhood. Uh, and, and I think that might be a new and exciting space of imagination for us. And thinking about that, like, we've never been in a space that would have easily fostered the reality was working hard on this, a community garden. So anyway, I, I've loved how we entered every space. There has been these open palm, willingness to be changed, willingness to be uh, unleashed and willingness to realize that the space has never defined who we are as well. So that's exciting. So I'd like to share that um, my, as many of you know who know me, that I think a lot about identity and about context for identity. And I feel like I want to say, I want to offer a hello. There was just a, a feeling in reality for me of, I don't know, it, was, it must have been just been the hardwood floors and the acoustics, but also the atmosphere. Um, it felt like home, and it was a place of safety um, after a long journey through the evangelical church. And I kind of arrived there in a mess, and I was received with open, open arms, and, I, and I'm leaving that part of myself behind. There's just no way that I can be the same person in here. So I kind of have to get to know you all again and get to know myself in this space. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, I, I really, you know, I was even talking to Molly earlier about what, what it means to have the table really be the first thing that you see rather than off to the side, because we talk about the, the, the open table being the defining part of our community, and now you see it, right, when you come in. And I think we're still working out how we're gonna arrange the room exactly, but um, I feel like we're gonna have to figure out who we are again, at least if any of you are like me at all. Um, and we're gonna have to get to know each other in this place and get to know this place and the spiritual, um, relationship to this place um, and what it looks like to to try to see what God is doing and enjoying it in this place. Um, yeah. Brian, as well said, I'm laughing at the the reminders of the old space are still on my phone. He's speaking and beckoning, you're late, you're late. So, there, yeah, we've definitely done
I'll just say that I'm really grateful to be here. I first started coming to Emmaus Way about eight months ago, and you know, I describing your own personality is a bad move. I, I don't think I'll try, but it's hard for me to fit into places. Um, and you know, shared history really matters to a group. You know, the whole time I've been coming, I've been feeling like, oh yeah, that's their space, and I'm coming to it, and I like it. But you know, with walking in here, especially I think you know, they got to be part of the move and whatnot. I think it felt like our space, and that was really cool uh, to feel that way coming in tonight. So, uh, anyway, that, that's all. I think something that keeps coming up in my mind is I feel like there's, I've been through, I was part of the move when we moved to reality, um, and conversations that took place around that, as well as the possibility of moving to Duke um, Memorial, and I think there's, there's something to be said about this, I, the sense of peace that has been throughout this transition um, that, is, that was not there. Um, you know, reality became more clear, but there was a lot of contention, and there was a lot of contention around moving to Duke or not, um, and it became more clear, but here it seems like like we, we, we're, we are moving, and it, it was just, it's, there's just been a sense of peace around it, and I know we've that the leadership, and you know, a lot of women especially haven't necessarily felt that as strongly, um, but that has been a sense, at least looking you know, from the outside in, is that, um, it's just this piece, and, and so I don't, I don't know what to make of that, but I think it's just something to be noted. And, and yeah, I just thank for it. of us musicians we were talking as we as we were uh, rehearsing these songs before you guys came in and Tim mentioned with this song that he this was a very uplifting song for him um, and you compared it to um, to God Only Knows which was also written by Brian Wilson which is one of my God Only Knows is probably like one of my 10 favorite songs ever written and so it's interesting to compare these two because Musically, God Only Knows is so much more ambitious and, and um, sweeping and, and moving for me. But there is, I'm totally with you, Tim. There's something about this lyrically um, that is very straightforward, very simple, uh, but very uplifting. Seems like we never win 
of our country. Um, we've all known that it's been there, but kind of it feels like a veil's been ripped. And it's really hard to try to think clearly when you're just really tired because you've been moving pretty solidly for two weeks um, into this space. But as I was thinking this, so I slept in and I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to say? And um, I kept on thinking about this poem that my professor and mentor, one of my professors and mentors at Wake, 
Dr. Jill Cranshaw wrote a few years ago, um, but I find it still really pertinent to the season in which we find ourselves within this community um, and as people living in this world captivated by the gospel. So here now, these words, um, she would want me to tell from Jill. She would hate to hear that I called her doctor. But here now, these words from Jill. These times we're living in call for courageous people, the preacher said that day. I am not brave, never have been. Bravery is something to be read about in storybooks where idealistic heroes ride out on prancing stallions to do battle, sabers flashing in magnificent sunlight. Bravery is something to be prayed for in church where harsh living daylights must first pass by saintly stained glass sentinels of bygone years before being transmuted into the kinder, gentler beams that caress Sunday morning's bowed heads, isn't it? Or maybe we should pray for freedom, like Frederick Douglass did, walking in faith until our legs are braver than our thoughts. So in this present cloud of unknowing, being not brave, we resolve. If we can find the honesty to do it, to live on as best we can, stringing together each momentary breath like pearls of hope to place with gentleness of a lover around our neck and around our fear, to name its wounds as our own and journey on, not in spite of, but with it. For out there, where the times we're living in call for courageous people, the groaning ground that soaked up the lifeblood of all who died unjustly, just trying to live, needs the redeeming touch of feet determined to walk with their fear until their legs have learned to move each day to the rhythms of justice, mercy, and love. These past days, thousands have been walking in faith until their legs are braver than their thoughts. In our own Durham on Monday, many walked toward a Confederate statue with fierce bravery and tore it down. And on Thursday, dozens upon dozens turned themselves in to point out the injustice of some being charged with a felony for Monday's demonstration. And on Friday, thousands gathered downtown in downtown Durham standing up against hate when stirrings began, right? The KKK and the Nazis and alt-right were coming to our town. And many of us were probably present for those moments, walking in faith, perhaps some feeling more brave than others, but many of us probably weren't. But somehow this week, I think in all of us, within our own circles of friends and family, we've recognized that we're needing to be willing and open to being a bit more brave and uncomfortable and willing to be honest about where we find ourselves than perhaps we were 10 days ago. And tonight at Emmaus Way, we've walked in faith to this new space. Perhaps some of us, our legs were very brave coming here, but perhaps others of our legs were weak and trembling and nervous at what we might find. 
But nonetheless, we moved our legs, we walked together through this space, bravely and boldly, praying and hoping for all that is and all that could be, as we more fully live into the rhythms of justice, mercy, and love as the Emmaus Way community. And I think what I love so much about Jill's poem and this notion of walking until our legs, right, walking until we are brave, is that we don't walk in faith alone, ever. Even when we don't feel courageous or brave, we never have to do it alone. So that's why I think week after week as a community, we center the open table as like pertinent to who we are. For walking to the table together reminds us that the table and we, when we are one, are greater than any of our fears, misgivings, or uncertainties. But not only are we greater than those things, but we also are a people, and the table is something that can hold all of our fears, misgivings, and uncertainties too. It is the place where we walk, where we try to figure out more and more what I with we means and what we with I might mean even when we aren't feeling courageous at all. And somehow, this walk, week after week to the open table changes us, for the Spirit of God is present. We find that in the breaking of bread and the pouring of wine and the sharing of life together, the hugs, the laughter, sometimes perhaps the crying, as well as the joy, that week after week, this open table changes us to be more brave when we leave that space. It changes us in such a way that when we go out into the world and into our communities, our legs have learned to move just a little bit more toward the rhythms of justice, mercy, and love. So we walk to the open table, the same table, though in a new location that has been before us week after week as a community. We walked together, perhaps some of us more brave than others. But it's okay, because we're doing it all as one. So let us come to our table, and then we're going to celebrate. We're ending a bit earlier to enjoy the space and go play. If you want to go play on the playground, but just don't break anything. Um, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe don't like get on the play structures um, if you're an adult. But come to the table where we will serve one another bread or wine, pour juice. We have gluten-free crackers. We have a lot of appetizers and desserts in the back. Just hang out um, and be with one another. Yeah. Welcome to Emmaus Way 4.0. <laughs>